0: Well, hello there. Welcome to East Meets West. Rob and I were just about to discuss contemporary Canadiana from our adopted homes in Ottawa and Calgary. How are you, Rob? Oh,
1: I was doing fine until just now for some reason. I don't know what happened.
0: Is that Vincent Price? Is that... Uh, that was... not on oh, purpose anyway. God. There's actually, uh... There's a show on CBC called Rewind. Okay. And every time they, there's a little bit where it says, you know, hello, I'm Mr. Sinclair. But I swear he just sounds just like that. Hello, I'm Mr. Sinclair. And it's (laughs) like, I'm sure he was a beloved personality, but he sounds terrifying to me without the context. Can I be honest and say that? If a program that I was watching started like
1: that, I would immediately turn it off and burn my TV or radio or whatever medium I was using.
0: Well, I usually listen by podcasts, So, you know, yeah. just throw your cell phone into the fire. Rob's yeah. like, no, no, you can keep the cell phone. You just burn the earbuds. That's what's yeah. making the sound. That's fair enough.
1: So, um, oh, because I'm probably going to end up sharing this through multiple channels I should give a bit of context for people who maybe haven't listened to East Meets West in a while um, and say that Mike is gone this week. He's, he's fled the country. I think he's went somewhere in South America, uh, a little suspicious, but.
0: Um, <laughs> a tiny bit. Now yeah, I did notice he was taking an awful lot of luggage with him. Did you notice that? I did notice that. Yeah. Yeah. Very yeah, the- strange. He had something that looked like a child. I'm not sure if that was actually a baby or like, you know, yeah. just a convenient disguise for some undisclosed material he was carrying with him. Yeah, very strange. Every time it
1: seems like every time he goes to uh South America, he takes uh, like a bigger and bigger child analog. It's it's Ooh. very strange. It's like that he is, needs more and more space. That is suspicious. Very suspicious. Yeah. But um to move beyond this because this could get out of hand so fast (laughs) Mike's gone and so we decided in lieu of a future chat which is which is disappointing to me but not to you um we're going to do an east meets west we're going to talk about non-science and tech stuff and people who are interested in our thoughts on or my thoughts and Mike's thoughts on Apple stuff that's going to be happening tomorrow as we record at the worldwide developer conference in um san francisco they're gonna have to just deal with it and we're gonna talk about other stuff so yeah. i i do apologize and mike's seems we next week too so that that takes
0: that uh analysis thing out of the picture as well oh man nick you got lucky I'm this gonna, year <laughs> i'm gonna wait for all the science the actual pure science stories yeah just chuck those all into the notes for next week <laughs> and it's we'll notice great. if
1: there's a huge drop off next week of listeners after this episode <laughs> We'll know that the Apple stuff is very important to all of our listeners. Okay. All right. Well,
0: that is that is the experiment. Although yeah, that's that's the experiment. Realistically speaking, we'll have to compare it with traffic from last year around this time and oh, yeah. Yeah, next year around this time and construct a growth curve and the you know the whole bit. Nick, I did not know you worked in government. <laughs> Why? <laughs> This is why stuff
1: takes so long when you are in government because it's not that like, you have to do something, but you also have to compare it to the past. You have to theorize about the future. Like, I you know, was we can't say, get metrics like, on that yet.
0: <laughs> like, based on uh, based on this new government so far, that seems to be their approach to a lot of things. It's like, well, we want to move forward, but first, yeah. a number. Yeah. Like a number? It's like, yes. A lot of numbers, actually. Yeah, we it's should. A lot of consultations, um, lots of lots of chatting
1: yeah well they're doing a full review of of science in canada this year are they yeah they've announced that along with the fact that i think by next year they're gonna have a they have a minister of science but they're gonna have a what do they call it it's almost like the a science czar in the in the states they have those czars and yes i remember hearing about that yeah chief science officer i think is the title um, so that is supposed to be coming within the next year. They, they didn't put a timeline in the, in their platform, but yeah, it's all very interesting. I think this, uh, from what I've heard, the science review might be happening a little too quickly to be comprehensive, but they're basically just saying, they're taking a preliminary look because the 10 years under Harper at uh, the conservative government were kind of all over the place when it came to science. And so I think they're just kind of trying to get, was it really all over the place? Well, okay. It was all in one kind of peculiar direction i I was
0: gonna say all in one more or less horrible direction yeah in my opinion yeah so i think what they're gonna do is take a kind of shallow look
1: at things and just see make sure that they're in going in the right direction with all of the kind of
0: funding that goes on that'd be good yeah i'm uh, yeah i'm definitely biased because (laughs) yes the funding or lack thereof of the scientific branches of government basically why i'm not working there now yeah yeah
1: well and the reason i am working there now is because the liberal government gave like ncerc and specifically pure research funding at ncerc a bunch of money in the budget yeah yeah (sighs) so we do have a few things that are not science related to talk about um i'm i'm looking in here and the one that popped out to me when i was looking through the notes for the stuff we had was the swiss basic income um referendum that went through last week or not went through but
0: passed uh and not passed or not but passed but <laughs> the referendum happened, happened. yes
1: good yes. word <laughs> for some reason all those words also mean <laughs> went through positively but yeah that's not what
0: happened um the, the referendum was met with flying colors and by that i mean <laughs> No, uh, the the Swiss have voted not to accept an unconditional basic income.
1: Right. And this was supposed to... This was actually going to be a very strong
0: implementation
1: of basic income. I think it was going to be something like 2500 the equivalent of $2,500 uh, in U.S. per month per, per, per adult. And then children, I think it was a slightly lower, like about a third of that. Mm. It was pretty substantial. And so I'm not particularly surprised I, I i don't know about you but i read a lot of articles saying it was destroyed like th- it was a resounding
0: no from switzerland oh man i i have been so frustrated with facebook yeah lately. yeah. you mentioned that it was a uh, it's like they've just got the the facebook hive has like a one-track mind and it's becoming a very predictable like you guys were talking about it last week where mm-hmm. First, there's the story. Then there's the reaction. Then there's the reaction to the reaction. And then there's like a bunch of vague stories that have like some allegory to it about yeah. the topic at hand. And it's just, yeah, it's like I read the news like a week ago. Um, can we move on now? Can we can we keep going on some actual well, current stuff? What I want to
1: say, I just wanted to say before I, I want to say one thing on this basic income thing. First of all, having a referendum at all is great. Um like you have to kind of start somewhere and this is a good start, but I would just wanted I just looked up this the population of Switzerland as of 2013. It is 8 just over 8 million, so I'm presuming it's a little bit higher oh, wow. now. And that means that about a little over 25% of people voted for basic income, which means that 2 million people approximately voted for basic income in Switzerland. That's mm-hmm. not an insignificant number.
0: No, no, it is statistically significant.
1: Yeah. And that's, that's all I wanted to say on that.
0: Yeah. The, um, the reaction was like the first phase of reaction being, uh, yeah, well, they also voted down women having the vote in a referendum, but then 10 Mm -hmm. years later it finally happened. And then there was another thing piece like Switzerland rejected it because that level of basic income was too low it's like uh, no nope. shut up <laughs> yeah those aren't great arguments no not um, so much no. uh but i mean it's such as life with referenda when you're trying to get something changed there's often a lot of uh what do i want to say it's the opposite of support resistance resistance there's a lot of resistance to it yeah in the first phase so maybe 10 years down the line we will get there
1: well and and it doesn't
0: necessarily have to happen in
1: switzerland it could happen anywhere it could this much is true yeah venture capital firms in the states are starting to look at it and offer just use some of their venture capital money to fund trials in the states actually in oakland they're looking at a few communities trying out a basic income pilot
0: yeah um i also met a swiss person this week oh he came into the bay he was from switzerland and he went straight for the strelson section because canadian dollar is so low and we had the stuff on clearance that it was so unbelievably cheap for him <laughs> that's unfortunate well wouldn't everything here be cheap then why would he need oh the strelson's the
1: good stuff rob okay it's it also sounded remo- like vaguely
0: european and so i thought there might have been a connection there but oh sorry yes strelson is swiss designed okay it's a swiss brand right yeah it would be
1: like coming to canada from the states and getting like that's a bad
0: example damn it louis vuitton is not american um it would be yeah. like a canadian going to the states and getting lululemon yes because it's so cheap no that doesn't that still doesn't work this is well, not right is now horribly anyway broken. i'm
1: backpedaling from this analogy it doesn't work
0: <laughs> okay we've we've abandoned the analogy we're stepping away yep
1: the um the basic income thing in general i mean we've talked about it a lot we've talked specifically about doing an entire episode devoted to talking about it it's gonna happen i i can't see any other way around it whether it happens in small part like whether it starts with 500 dollars a month per person whether it starts with a thousand like it's gonna
0: happen the basic income will happen or our episode about basic income will happen
1: uh both oh good the order they happen in i hope is that our episode happens before that gets implemented (laughs) (laughs) I, i think it's going to happen in our lifetime for sure unless there's a horrible like if if we end up going into like a solar storm or something where the power grid in north america and europe get knocked out um that might set us back a couple decades but barring that happening and Causing worldwide chaos, I, I really think this is coming. Like, there's just going to be so much automation, and there's going to be such a reduction of labor, even just in transportation, that it's impossible not to have it happen.
0: Yeah, that sounds a bit right. Yeah. Also, if, if
1: Watson, like the Jeopardy-winning computer, ever gets general use as kind of customer ser- or that kind of platform gets customer service facing. Uh, prowess then all customer service will be outsourced to machines and we won't have to deal with anything like human customer service will become such a rarity that the, the millions of people that currently do that for the billions of people that are currently on earth will just cease to be able to work and it it will just be because it's cheaper to use robots
0: yeah totally Yeah, it's funny, too, because I saw a story this week about how few people actually believe that their job could be automated. Yeah. And I was actually thinking about my own job currently, and it's like, yeah, I'm pretty sure you could have a pretty good heuristic to recommend different suit brands to people. Yeah. (laughs) And I was like, but what about the measurements? And I thought you could just have like a 3D scanner. Yeah. Yeah. And at that point, it would even be more accurate, I'm sure yeah pretty much yeah yeah i it's surprising how unreliable a measuring tape is incidentally i'm sure there are people screening out there about how wrong i am but (laughs) no i don't think you're uh, wrong uh it's also our measuring tapes have like a metal band on the first part of it and so you you just can't measure a neck because it's too it's just it's not big enough for that little metal bit to not take up a whole bunch of room really yeah yeah like i was running into problems with it for a while because every time i used that metal band uh the measurement would always just be way too big so i basically started going from the other side the 60 inch side and then just subtracting right you you could figure out how long that metal part is though right and then add yeah, that. but it, there's a variable amount of uh, lift okay. to the neck the, depending on where you've started with. Right. That sounds it's terrible. Like a, it's a good. Uh, it's a good like <laughs> I want to say five centimeters, maybe. Right. Okay. It's it's quite substantial. So when it's, you're talking about a neck, yeah,
1: it's rigid then, this metal part. Yes, that sounds like a horrible kind of
0: <laughs> feature of a measuring tape yeah i believe it was also manufactured in west germany last i checked Mm -hmm. like the country listed for manufacture is west germany and so maybe we've just moved on (laughs) since then yeah just not our supply or our supplies right i mean the fact that that
1: probably predates this store existing it's possible it's been around for a while
0: but i was gonna say i don't think I don't think the store, the that particular store anyway, was yeah. predated by West Germany. It's been a while. Well, I mean, that particular store, if maybe, but not the Hudson's Bay Company. because right.
1: No, the Hudson's Bay Company has obviously been around, and, and that tape measure yeah. has clearly been around since those early fur trading days. <laughs>
0: <laughs> I might be confusing history a little bit. Yeah, the 1950s. <laughs> We had just come off World War II, and there was a post-war boom due to all the fuzzy little critters that had (laughs) built up during the war years when our hunters and trappers had to go overseas. (laughs) Yeah. That's how that worked. Absolutely. That's how that worked. Yeah. We were were talking about basic income. What happened here? I, uh... It wasn't a poop segue, because that usually happens on future chat. Yeah, there was no poop segue. What happened?
1: The, uh... I'm really curious because we're kind of in an in-between phase. I don't know. I don't have much more to say on basic income without going deep into it. Just we're we're in between. We it is kind of the there's a movement like there's and maybe I'm biased because I'm in a Twitter bubble where I follow a bunch of people who also talk about basic income all the time. But it really seems well, they're, like
0: the they're idea working comes on a up. pilot project in Ontario, aren't they? Are. they? Yeah, the and budget there are a couple pilots in the U.S. and if the experiment goes as all all basic income experiments have gone before, we'll probably see a lot of support and we will just unleash the social liberalism Yeah, and watch humanity flourish. Yeah. Well, I'm, In I, my opinion. I,
1: yeah. I think people are starting to come around even just to socialized ideas in general. Even you don't hear people really outside of maybe congress in the states t- complaining about um obamacare anymore it's like people are coming on board oh, with the i'm sure government. you do oh i'm sure you do there and i'm sure places but you don't you don't hear a lot about like thanks obama or talking about the website being bad or talking about death panels like it all kind oh, of yeah
0: went over okay well i mean if you're fear-mongering based on completely unfounded um concerns and then those concerns don't come to pass you do end up looking a little bit silly yes yes luckily for fox news uh, uh they have moved on to something else i don't know what it is at the moment because the daily show isn't on anymore so well,
1: it it has a different host
0: it doesn't have the same oh right level yeah. of appeal sir i just haven't been watching i'm sorry trevor noah no it's yeah. it's true i i've
1: for instance i'm guilty of the same thing in that for a while I watched the nightly show, which was the replacement to the Colbert report. But now I mostly watch Stephen Colbert on the late show (laughs) because that's where he ended up. And the daily show I had already kind of like, the only reason I was really watching was because it was, I love John Stewart's particular take on things. Mm -hmm. And so like, for instance, I loved Samantha B's segments on the daily show and now she has a show on tbs called full frontal where she goes into kind of a daily show style thing and so that's where i tend to get that kind of stuff like political commentary and satirical takedowns of things Mm. so i get that from her and i get that a lot from john oliver as well another former correspondent doing um oh last week john oliver
0: is great
1: yeah he's just the master of the long form yeah but it's unfortunate for trevor noah and for the rest like the daily show crew that's still there because they do a really good job it's just there's so much stuff to watch and like yeah. even a lot of stuff i want to
0: care about i there just isn't like there's too much media and not enough time i'm actually finding that with podcasts yeah, oh, yeah i, am I well. keep up on news and a lot of different stuff via podcast but i'm just like between actually going outside and doing things outside and wanting to read actual physical books yeah I'm just starting to listen to it less and less which is a shame because there's good stuff but there's only so many hours in the day yeah i am an adult who has to go to stupid work all the <laughs> stupid time
1: <laughs> well you like i have a job where sometimes i can listen to things but sometimes it'd be very like it's very distracting and even then i'm still finding like i'm getting a backlog of certain shows that i'm just like all right you're not at the top of the list i want to keep you around I also really feel like the more podcasts I can subscribe to that are good, at least the episodes keep coming in. Like if I could have TV come into some kind of DVR thing or a hard drive, whatever, and just be able to stockpile them for when I do have a lot of time, like material to get caught up. But there's no Mm. thing like that that is legal that I'm aware of for TV. Like I'm sure my DVR could do that, but I don't ever watch tv on a tv really like yeah, myself yeah and so i end up missing a lot of stuff like that like amy schumer uh just started the new season well just started like two months ago the new season of inside amy schumer which i love and on thursdays like it airs on thursdays and i know that that details in my head but that means at some point after thursday i have to go and it's actually free online like you can just go to the comedy network.ca and watch it here in comedy central in the states, mm-hmm. but. I have to remember that like if it came if that show came into my podcast feed I would have already watched it but I did have to like make that effort to go out and get it yeah yeah I um I also love the idea of supporting media like I know that podcast podcasts work on the number of downloads you get and so if I go and download people's shows even if I don't necessarily listen I know they I get to know that they know that people are still interested in the show even if i don't necessarily have time to listen to every episode i can yeah. still support them by having that download happen mm-hmm. yeah so
0: <sighs> i think that covers basic that covers income, basic income and
1: a bunch of other stuff
0: <laughs> yeah totally so what do you want to get into next rob
1: uh i think we should go to unless you have any any protestations. i like the electoral reform thing maybe just briefly
0: Yeah. Okay. That's an interesting one. Yeah. So most parliamentary committees, as I understand it, are the, uh, the number of people on said committee is determined by the seat count in the house of commons. Right. And so the liberals set up a committee with, I think there was like six of them and two two or three conservatives and one NDP and Elizabeth, Elizabeth May was also there. Mm-hmm. But I, <laughs> I think, feel like that
1: every sentence in politics could end with that. If Elizabeth, Elizabeth May was, May also, was there.
0: also there. <laughs> 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 yeah. Um, so I think it ended up the seat count was something like six to four or six to five in liberals favor. So they could just pass whatever they wanted. Right. But the NDP provided a motion saying that. Hey, if you're so gung ho about modernizing things and making every vote count, maybe it should be like, maybe there should be proportional representation on the committee. Yeah. And so they have seated their majority. The liberals, because of the vote, like the proportional represent- representation still have the biggest share of the seats yeah. on the committee, but they do not have the majority. Right and that i mean that was a huge win for the ndp also makes the conservatives look silly because they (laughs) were just hammering on the liberals for being so undemocratic and ultimately like cynics view doing exactly what they had done for the last decade yeah like heavy-handed tactics trying to get things shoved through yeah but they seem to be dedicated to you know, the idea of being fair and consulting. And this is a big deal. Mm-hmm. Like, it is a big deal. There's also a lot of kerfuffle going on about whether or not this should be sent to referendum. And I'd like to get your thoughts on that just completely unprimed. On electoral reform in general? Uh, that and specifically whether or not we need a referendum.
1: I depends, again, how we do the referendum. If we do it like the best way to have uh, a vote on voting is to use the objectively most democratic method you can. Like when when um, Hello Internet did their flag referendum a while back, they he like CGP Grey wanted to see his ideal voting system in motion and how it would work, and mm-hmm. so to to do this flag referendum, they used proportional representation but they also used ranked ballots and
0: so they ended up having it wasn't to do proportional it was that was definitely instant runoff oh, sorry sorry I'm remembering sorry, yeah, correctly right. um yeah to to, to eventually
1: get up with a majority of people having their highest ch- choice make it to the flag mm. and if you haven't listened to that episode or don't know anything about that you should go and check it out but obviously uh, honestly there's a lot of backstory and so it would take a while to actually catch up with that yeah yeah um but you'd have to do it like they're doing this like they're they only got 39 i think percent of the vote the liberals in the last election which is a plurality and that's the word right plurality not majority
0: oh i always get those two mixed up plurality is when you have the most even if yeah, it's not a majority majority is greater than 50 percent. i think it is a plurality they had a plurality of the votes
1: yeah but they didn't have a majority and so that in itself isn't undemocratic but in theory the the most objective system we have so far would have the lowest party be dropped from the ballot and then they would count those votes second choice and then yeah. add them up until one of the parties hit 50%. And that would mean – I honestly think that would mean that the NDP would get more – a higher percentage of the vote because they're, the NDP and liberals are both left-leaning and so they wouldn't have to split their votes. They would be they would be able to rank NDP first and they would be able to rank liberal second. And so the only way that the conservatives would end up with a majority – would be if they had a bunch of people that was their first choice so with this voting system there's no way the conservatives in my opinion there's no way the conservatives mathematically could have gotten a majority but the liberals could have gotten fewer seats fewer proportion percentage of the vote the ndp would have gotten higher percentage and then the numbers would work themselves out such that we'd probably end up with liberals and conservatives neck and neck but then the ndp vote would be dropped at the very end and then all their next choice would get counted and those would all have majority liberal and liberal would be put over the top.
0: Maybe. Cause I mean, whenever I've seen an analysis of this done with one obvious exception, mm-hmm. they are definitely forgetting the election of 2008. Okay. Wait, no, 2010. It was 2010 when the liberals became the third party, right? Right yes and that was just like every single scandal had finally built up like everyone was just sick of the party that had been ruling for like 15 years or something like that yeah um and i mean a lot of the first and second choices were ndp and conservative in that election Right, you're right. So like, no, yeah. The biggest, the biggest criticism I've heard of instant runoff, like ranked balloting in general, is that you know, well, obviously the liberals are a centrist party, and they're they're just they're stacking the deck for themselves. And I mean, if you watched the last election, the liberals weren't the most centrist party there. No, they weren't. The NDP was definitely posturing as the most centrist party, in based on the basis of policy and things like that. Like, yeah i mean they had a lot of very progressive policies and very uh populist things but ultimately they committed to balanced budgets and i think that was their downfall yeah not that balanced budgets are necessarily a left or right wing thing they tend to go with fiscal conservatism but details yeah i digress as i always do (laughs) um but yeah, they're forgetting about that time when the liberals were a laughing stock and reduced to the third party. Yeah, and yeah. it's like if you were a fiscal conservative last election, I'm sure number one would have been the conservative party and number two would have been the NDP. Right. So I, I, I still think it's great. I still love instant runoff. My mind has not changed thus far. <laughs> I although I have faith, at least I hope that. If I were provided enough evidence to the contrary, I would change my mind. I also had an idea about single transferable vote that I wanted to bring up with you. Sure. So single transferable vote. My problem with that one is you're not necessarily directly electing uh, people. Yeah, yeah, I agree. Because there's like a pool of two or three people per writing that could be elected based on how the vote goes. Yeah. Or there's two or three people per party. What if... There was just one person in each riding that you were directly electing. And then the vote share or their number of votes in the House of Commons was determined that way. That seems tricky.
1: I think that's kind of how it is in the States. Like not not directly, but you get you're given a number of seats based on your population.
0: Are you talking about the Electoral College?
1: I don't I don't know if I am. There's because there's a bunch of different systems that are that are done in the states like there's one with 400 the house of representatives has 434 or whatever and those seats are given proportionally based on population but then there's also the senate which just has two members for each riding
0: yeah and some some states are winner take some states are winner take all and some states are yeah more proportional
1: yeah and so they're trying to have the best of both of those worlds but yeah the idea of a certain mp get it, having more power like more that sounds tricky to me i and this is mostly because i don't necessarily agree like you said that a single transferable vote is the best way to do things it is that it doesn't seem like it doesn't seem democratic to have one mp represent 3 votes or something just because they're in a riding that has more people or a, a province that has more people.
0: It Yeah. I suppose the there is the issue of representation like you are responsible to 300,000 people rather than the usual 100,000 yeah. on average. Mm. It's it's tricky, more than outright
1: wrong. It uh, like the the thing with instant runoff is you'd need to have time, maybe even 10 or 20 years for the political system
0: to adjust to it the first election first you were saying like you need time and i was like oh yeah you need time to count those ballots that's got to be tricky like much (laughs) more tricky than winner takes all yeah and then you were like 10 or 20 years and i was like nope he's talking about something else (laughs) yeah (laughs) what could it be it would take like
1: politics would fundamentally have to change a little bit at least during the election because you wouldn't have to attack a party based on trying to like the NDP wouldn't have to attack the liberal and vice versa. When when I I was talking that
0: idea too, because you want to be the second choice and maybe even the third choice on that ballot. So you gotta, you gotta actually present a good idea Mm -hmm. instead of just saying why everyone else is terrible.
1: Yeah. And you're right that in the 2010 or 2011 election, whatever it was, the one where liberals were last. Yeah. they, that particular election the liberals might not have wouldn't have done very well in the ranked ballot situation i I was just referring to the latest cycle where they were getting all kinds of favor everyone was sick of harper uh the the ndp and tom will specifically went through kind of a number of blunders and i don't want to call them scandals because i don't really think there was much that scandalous that happened they didn't really have any scandals it just kind of misread things yeah yeah and i think that in that situation, a lot of people were just like, okay, well, the NDP are being weird this time. The liberals seem very strong, but mostly Harper needs to be out. So, what, what I think would have happened is a lot of people would have put liberal, like in the situation I described, a lot of people would have still voted liberal first. But there's a number of people that would have, like, that are diehard NDP that wouldn't have had to say, okay, I want Harper out, so I'm going to vote liberal. They could have said, ndp i'm giving my vote to ndp but also if it comes down to this and the ndp don't win i still want my vote to not go to the conservative so you could rank yeah. you could either rank them last or not rank them at all whatever whatever the system ends up being
0: and i sh- i really hope that we do if we do go with instant runoff that not ranking at all is an option yeah yeah because good gracious
1: <laughs> yeah some just, people wouldn't want to yeah. put conservative on the ballot at all if given the option. They
0: wouldn't want to rank them anything. And apparently in Australia, where single transferable vote has taken over, it's at least speculated, I think Brady Heron has talked about this on Hello Internet, where Mm. some of the bigger political parties will start running little fringe candidates so that you have like a bunch of different parties in the ridings. Yeah. And then people just get bored and don't want to fill the whole thing out so they end up spoiling their ballot
1: right yeah huh that so their vote wouldn't count at all just because they didn't fill out all the way to the end yeah huh yeah that's a weird one
0: or they also want to like i don't know just confuse confound something
1: yeah watching um the american election play out i was noticing a lot of people complaining about the primary process the primary process in the states don't get me wrong is absolutely crazy but something that i had seen this time that i had never really heard of being a thing before so the in the states they elect delegates that then go to their national convention for either democrats or republicans and then the, the delegates vote based on who they're representing for president which is yeah. like the, that is the most removed undemocratic nomination process that the vote for president may or may not be democratic but the
0: primary process is not at all is it though cuz i mean have you paid much attention to the leadership races in canada and how they work no okay cuz my understanding is that the way it used to be which i'm not sure exactly how it works but um the way it used to be was that you had delegates okay in for each of the parties, each of the political parties had delegates. And Mm -hmm. I think each EDA or the each at the time it was writing association. I think, Oh man, if anybody listens to this episode, we are going to get so many messages on how I'm screwing this up. (laughs) But each writing association would send X number of delegates to a leadership convention. And then each of those delegates would have votes. Right. But they've since moved to one member, one vote. Okay. So, during, I think it was the convention where Stefan Dion took it. Cause I watched that one cause I was super interested in what was going to happen. And I'd also never watched a leadership race before. Yeah. And so it was like every candidate had the backing of a bunch of different party members. And so they all showed up. And the first round of voting was everyone voting for who they wanted to vote for. Yeah. And then as the like the last ranked person got dropped from the ballot um, or like under a certain threshold was dropped. The P the person would go up and give a big, big speech and then say, Hey everybody, I want you to go out and vote your conscience now. Woo. Right. And so then you would get more popular candidates getting more backers, yada, yada, yada. And everything was going well until I think it was Volpe or something like that who said, you know what? I want you to vote for Dion. And then his delegates or members or whatever were like, yeah, let's do that. And the whole time, like that leadership race was shaping up to be Bob Ray versus Michael Ignatieff. And then I, I had taken a break and I came back for the end and I was like, why is it between Bob Ray and Stefan Dion? And then Dion took it. And then, I think he was the one that took the liberals to third place. No, I don't know. My recent memory is apparently fried because I was paying too much attention in university (laughs) and at the bar.
1: Yeah. The, the difference I think between the Canadian system of choosing a leader, quote unquote, and the American system is that the American system chooses a presidential nominee and in after that process has taken place after that quote-unquote leadership process has taken place then the people each vote whether they want that president and vice president that that ticket to lead mm-hmm. so in the general election each person's vote theoretically we can get into politics and all that later but theoretically each person's vote counts one vote for that person that leader that has been chosen by this undemocratic process so an undemocratic process leads to a quote-unquote democratic because at that point you're still voting for the representative of the electoral college that then votes for president but it seems slightly more democratic but okay so the the basic difference being that in the states you have this process where you vote for uh to choose a leader and then you vote For which leader you want whereas in canada you they have these processes where the party picks uh the the leader of the party but then in the general election you vote for your riding and then the leader of whichever party wins the most ridings becomes prime minister but you're not voting yeah and some people do but you're not actually voting directly for prime minister you're voting for your local mp and so that going back to what i was trying to say about the u.s election is that in that primary process you have to pick delegates that align with the candidate you want for president but in so doing there were there were certain places in the u.s in certain primaries where the the ballot you had to pick where you picked the, which delegates you wanted to send to the convention to vote for the leader that you wanted didn't have the leader's name associated with it so you would see you'd go in these people who aren't necessarily like the let's use an example and say someone's voting for hillary clinton they they're like all right i want hillary to win i don't want bernie sanders to win or say i wanted ted cruz to win i didn't want donald trump to win like don't want any of that i, I have a specific candidate i want and they get in and look at the ballot and they see a bunch of names they don't recognize because they're voting for delegates but the delegates yeah, they
0: they get into the the voting booth and it's like well i see the names mike Atrell, mm-hmm. who is a suspected drug de- drug dealer i'm <laughs> not sure i want him on these things and matt starosti who like isn't even canadian anymore he's (laughs) screwed off to australia i think like yeah like isn't in canada rather he is canadian i think Mm -hmm. but yeah so you're faced with uh, like this narco albertan (laughs) and this adopted australian and like who do you choose like you don't know who they're voting for it's just those two names yeah you don't have the other names but
1: and that in itself is the best case scenario the where you know you have some history but in the worst case scenario which is the majority i think of cases you'd go in and you'd be like nick maddox i have no idea who this person is i'm in a voting booth i have no idea it just says his name it might say what state he like this this is elections happening in which in theory you'd already know but then you're just left with this is a choice but it's a choice between things you have no idea about it would be like a lactose intolerant person who's never tried ice cream picking what their favorite flavor is it just doesn't it's a nonsensical process and i think a lot of people are feeling disenfranchised with the primary process particularly bernie sanders supporters yeah in that you just you don't even know what you're picking and the system itself it has so many years and decades and up to centuries of of leftover stuff that was decided at a certain time and it just doesn't apply anymore like before in the primary process in the states it made a little bit more sense to have primaries happen at different times throughout uh, spring and summer like from Mm -hmm. from february through to june but now with twitter and with social media and with vox and 538 and all these covering every single primary every single second internet
0: yeah all of the ability to spread that information
1: you by the time even after the first super tuesday back in february or march people were like oh yeah so this guy has a bunch of momentum so i'm going to vote for him or this guy has a bunch of tv or he shows up on saturday night live i'm going to vote for that guy and by the time the election gets the primary gets to california everyone has already made up their mind and in the case of the republican party every other candidate has already dropped out of the race yeah and so people, everyone, all the millions of people in the most populous state in the U.S. get absolutely no say on who the leader of the Republican Party is because the vote has already taken place months ago. Like the process has been happening for months and it, yeah. it, just the most broken system that I can possibly imagine. But you, you have to keep like overhauling democracy. Democracy in quotes is... Even harder to do, some might say, than continuing with the status quo because then you have people fighting over what the new best process should be. And people, the people who have been in charge will complain. And the, the people who have been in charge have the power. They will complain if they think they're going to lose power based on a new system. They're not being objective. They're being absolutely biased in trying to decide what the new electoral system is because they might not benefit from it. Yeah. Yeah. It The whole system, like... How did we get to this one? Well, we're talking about electoral reform. Oh, right. Yes. <laughs> we're still on topic, technically. <laughs> Wrong country, but yes. Yeah. Well, in, in fairness, I didn't tell you this, but I wanted to talk about the the US system as well when okay. you put this in the notes.
0: Well, I'm I'm glad you got there. Yeah. This looks very good for the liberals, this move, but they just like all that power they had gone. Well, they they really want to go for the instant runoff, it sounds like yeah and i'm sure the ndp want proportional i'm not even sure what the conservatives want fewer parties (laughs) yeah basically (laughs) yeah and then i don't know i could see more like fringe parties getting more vote or getting more seats because you don't have to vote strategically yep you can just say like you can just actually vote for who you want to vote for yeah and not worry about them being a small party
1: yeah the greens the greens would definitely get more seats in a in an instant runoff and uh, i'm i'm sure they would yeah again that's the thing where you the, the people who are in charge are going to want the system that benefits them the most they're not going to want the most democratic system unless that benefits them the most and so for instance that's liberals right now think. the only thing that could keep the liberals going with the objectively best or the only thing that could help them stay on track of going with the most objective system which is the thing that they have like effectively politically shooting themselves in the foot for the good of canada is if they keep that mindset they need to they need to not play the political game of trying to stay in power like the Mm. we talked in past episodes about the that mass shooting in the in australia where the the prime minister at the time just banned guns completely very politically um a very politically unpopular move like he ended up losing uh any politician that that went along with that that um removal of firearm rights uh not not removal of firearm rights but like a buy off of guns like all these really strict mm-hmm. gun laws yeah lost their seat but they undeniably made australia a much better and safer place you have they to kind of
0: thought of touching repeal exactly as so far as i know
1: yeah you 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 need a group of people that are willing to do that and the the, the liberals while enjoying a hit recent historically high uh, approval rating are sitting there going okay we have all this good favor maybe now is a good time to try to get this system back on track even i think even if it ends up costing them elections in the future it may not and politically there's a good chance that it won't or else they wouldn't be doing this but it, I see it as encouraging compared to past governments where they're just, yeah. no, the status,
0: status quo got us elected, so we're going to stick with it. <laughs> yeah. Well, I mean, it just elected us, so it must be working well. Yeah, exactly. Uh, yeah. No, it's it's going to be interesting. Yeah. Um, I really hope it's instant runoff. Yeah. I do. Cause, I, I, I well, hope so, too. well, reasons that we have gone over and over and over. Yeah. Do you uh, what say you
1: to wrapping up with a couple of offbeat stories you have here? The offbeat bundle. Yeah.
0: Um, ooh, I forget what this first joke actually was, but McCallum and Rempel got into it in the House of Commons. Uh, oh, yeah. So Rempel was talking about language training. Mm -hmm. language training for new immigrants which was cut by the conservative governments and i was up in arms about because like you get immigrants to the country and you want to set them up for success i mean you should if you have just admitted a new citizen you want them to be successful yeah so it used to be that they had access to language training and then all of a sudden that was just cut and it's like what are you doing sure but so michelle rample was very upset about it and the liberals are, I I think they're doing more consultations on the matter to try and figure out what to do, which is their MO currently. And so she said, yesterday when the minister stood here and glibly said that he had a plan to address language training, was he looking at these cuts or was he just planning his next photo op? Mm. And she addressed this to John McCallum. Yeah. And Michelle Rample, objectively speaking, very very pretty woman mccallum is pretty much the antithesis like he he's he's well-dressed because he's in the house of commons but uh, his hair is frequently askew right and this day was like all others and he said mr speaker if the government wanted to send someone somewhere for a photo op i suspect there are more or there are people along this aisle they'd probably send before they sent me because <laughs> that's objectively hilarious <laughs> it it doesn't really address the point um no it doesn't but it was an excellent opportunity for a joke and yes you took it yeah um but i mean political gamesmanship house of commons that's how it works like i don't know i don't know how many commons debates you've paid attention to but it's pretty much they just go in there and argue for a while yep mostly yeah anyway then the speaker was laughing. And then Michelle Rample yelled at the speaker and Callum saying it wasn't funny. Mm. And then basically when you're screaming angrily that something's not funny, it's pretty clear that it's definitely funny.
1: It, it's funny to people who want to not necessarily debate the issue. and I, I've been there. For instance, uh, our new puppy, Teddy, uh, while we were in the car on Friday, just peed unprompted on my lap. And sounds like a puppy yeah that's objectively funny but i wasn't laughing and that made julia laugh even more but it's undeniably not overall not a funny thing but it's a funny story to have happened and i laughing, disagree
0: that's objectively hilarious
1: but not And in this case she's talking <laughs> it didn't
0: it didn't address the issue at hand right which is that teddy is clearly not trained yeah
1: and so that's what i was trying to say i was like if you laugh and let him think it's okay he's gonna keep doing it and i i'm sure that's the the feeling she has she she is addressing this like a serious issue he took a chance to make a joke not about the situation but about something totally different and i i totally get where she's coming from as someone who is not laughing at all during the p situation
0: it's a lot like the elbow gate thing where everything is politics and everything is political just like just like that one show says yes so next up in the offbeat bundle Remember when we had that joke on or that joke article on Future Chat with the best title ever, which was that the 98 year old vegetarian said it just wasn't worth it? Yes. I think we have a new candidate for best (laughs) title ever. Mango mystery baffles Calgary family. That might win depending on what they mean by that. So they have a pool, this family. They had a cover on the pool. And I don't know if you're familiar with pool covers. They're pretty robust. Yeah. Like you can have people jump on them and they're, they're pretty good. A mango from the sky. They're not sure where came down so hard that it actually punctured the pool cover. Yeah. And was left just floating in the pool. That is odd. I'm concerned that
1: (sighs) the first thing that strikes me here is the very first, well, the very second sentence of this article and that is this very precise weight
0: of fruit. I think what they said I, was sure it was about a pound, yes. and then the CVC was like, "No, we metricated," and they're like, "It weighs about four hundred and fifty-four grams." Yeah. actually. <laughs> well, no,
1: I think what happened. Yeah, someone said it weighs a pound, and somebody put a pound into a calculate a converter. To yeah, see I'm how pretty many sure that's what it happened. Has. Yeah. So you have a four hundred and fifty-four gram mango. On, Either almost, that or
0: they weighed it after. They did that not, is an
1: option. They there's no a mango does not weigh exactly a pound. I, I'm sorry, but that is even there more unlikely no than a mango falling into mangos. a pool through a pool <laughs> cover.
0: This impossible mango. Yeah. This impossibly precise mango. Are mangoes hard? Or are they like I'm imagining an orange well, type. Well, I mean, the flesh is soft, but with the with the skin still on, the skin's pretty robust. Like I could see it puncturing if it was traveling quickly enough yeah and i'm assuming if it's reached some form of terminal velocity it's not tumbling anymore it's just going with its uh its most efficient axis
1: no i think this one would tumble it's not it's not it's more spherical than it needs to be to well this
0: is an impossibly precise mango rob (laughs) this is the ideal mango (laughs) no the um because they're not round they're like Oblong. they're kind of flat yeah like the they're elliptical in one they're actually elliptical in, i think all relevant cross sections
1: yeah there's a f- there's a few things i want to talk about in this but none of them like this for me
0: right away reading this this wins best story that we've ever covered i would have preferred to see mystery mango baffles calgary family but mm-hmm. it, yeah they both work so this person, they're, they're quoted
1: as saying, I thought it was a prank, which is fine. Um, first thought it was someone throwing it in our yard, which is fine. But then this guy goes into saying that they have thrown apples into the pool and they've actually thrown apples right at the pool cover, trying like... to bust through it <laughs> just... from the phrasing Sorry, of this, I
0: forgot about the best part of the story. <laughs>
1: From the phrasing of this, it doesn't, I can't actually tell if they've thrown apples before this happened with the mango. It
0: sounds like they just had a habit of lobbing fruit into the pool. Or if they did. all of a sudden, this mystery mango shows up. They're like, where did this fruit come up? Oh, Dale. Or whoever it was. It seems like it wasn't me.
1: Yeah. It, it, It sounds like they did that, that they were, that they tested the resilience of the cover often and then this happened but what i really think happened is that they were trying to
0: see if they could replicate the experiment yeah, yeah, with the that mango. sounds like it yeah. mythbusters inspired them yeah but then the, the, maybe the, aliens were going to visit earth and yeah they had been observing this particular family to visit and they were like okay clearly a show of good faith is to lob a piece of fruit <laughs> a piece of widely available fruit at the pool yeah and they were like okay mango seems right And then they dropped it from their ship and it pierced the pool cover. Like, it's never pierced the cover before. (laughs) Run away. And now we don't know about the aliens because clearly embarrassed. Yeah. The um
1: this article is well written for maximum shareability. There is a quote here. Not a quote. There's a line here. The Eagans have considered several possibilities. Maybe it fell from the International Space Station maybe it was shot out of a mango cannon or maybe a big bird dropped it none of these seem particularly plausible i could see the bird the bird maybe but not big bird uh i don't know if there are i don't think big bird flies i don't think big bird flies either that's why this is so unlikely (laughs) so that part this is why this is for maximum shareability because that quote comes before Them saying the couple probably said it said it probably came from an airplane since they're directly under a flight path for the Calgary International Airport. Like obviously, it came from an airplane. Throw a
0: mango off an
1: airplane? Well, how do you get a mango out of the International Space
0: Station? I'm pretty sure they do not have fresh fruit. Yeah, it would be a pretty hot mango. Maybe the mango heated up so much going through the Earth's atmosphere that it just burned through the pool cover, and then the pool cooled it off. And that's why it's still intact, yeah. ignoring, of course, the fact that the mango is not burnt to a crisp. Yes. Well,
1: it was frozen at first, so it just warmed up. Oh. Um, yeah. See that? That's
0: how microwaves work. That's, that's how they get you. Yeah, that's this. How microwaves work. <laughs> it actually lobs stuff through the stratosphere for as long as the timer yeah. is set. I, you know, I'm
1: not sure exactly how airplane uh lavatories work uh, now i'm no
0: airplane lavatory expert but if you're on a
1: domestic flight where you're allowed to bring tropical fruit you're obviously not allowed to bring it back from tropical places but all you have to do is get a mango onto a plane and then dump it down the toilet and it'll go why why
0: not because we can like do do planes just like dump the contents of the toilet or do they i've heard they dump them right over a city (laughs) not over a city but what if what if the the mango gets lodged
1: somewhere and then they dump and it sticks around and then
0: well i'm forgetting the forward velocity component because it could have dumped it just before calgary but then the mango's path just continued yeah this mango is very aerodynamic and so it just it It is the ideal mango the ideal mango is very aerodynamic (laughs) you have to ignore like wind friction with the ideal mango obviously don't be ridiculous i wonder if there was a sonic boom when the mango entered oh and there are the sirens (laughs) clearly there has been another mango incident. (laughs) well nick i think this draws this week's episode to a close oh one second yeah sure I know we had the offbeat bundle, but poor Fort McMurray. Yes. Um, Petro Canada and Suncor gas stations, which rely heavily on Fort McMurray Mm. have been running out of gas in Alberta because the supply comes from Fort Mac apparently or something, or I guess Edmonton because of the refineries, but details. So that sucks. And that's another impact of the fires. And then Fort McMurray had a few centimeters of rain and it flooded. Fort McMurray flooded fort mcmurray flooded huh no was this it after sounds like it sounds like the product of a faustian deal with fort mcmurray it does yeah was it after like people have been allowed to start to return to their homes right this was a couple of days ago yeah or but the fire is yesterday past yeah the fires are out of fort mcmurray they're yeah they're long past and much bigger as i understand it yeah so that yeah that's just the worst of everything Mm-hmm. also a little late yeah yeah, and in this case, better late than never does not apply. No, that's so that's terrible. Poor Fort McMurray cannot catch a break.
1: No, and so presumably, with the because the the fuel thing was something we wanted to touch on a little. Presumably, things will be back to normal for who like it there are people who obviously had their homes completely destroyed, and there are fundraisers going on and all kinds of things. Presumably the region will bounce back right that
0: oh. uh, i mean once oil if oil gets back up to where it was like ninety dollars a barrel yeah like there's going to be a lot of money flowing through fort mac and i'm sure i'm sure it'll go okay for them yeah but it's going to be rough for the time being yeah it's um yeah i didn't even hear about this flash flood yeah it was uh, a couple days ago or yesterday or a couple days ago
1: right Huh.
0: it's just like that poor town
1: yeah that's crazy yeah and this is like we've talked in the past about how weather and climate are different but one of the things that climate change in general is going to do is increase the frequency of severe the natural weather, weather events. events yeah like severe natural weather events and so mm-hmm. in theory i don't know how big this flood was but we, we talked in the past about the the hundred year flood that hit Calgary in that area. Mm -hmm. Um, It sounds like this like flash flood is fairly serious. And I I really hope that this isn't another sign of things to come because it sounds like Alberta is getting particularly hard hit by this kind of weather. event. like, I'm hearing there's tornado warnings and all that as well going through. Uh,
0: We had tornado warnings. It's not unprecedented. A week or two ago. Yeah. There's also North of here, which I found odd. It's usually Calgary or south of Calgary.
1: Right. It's windy. Yeah. But in, in theory, this could be the
0: kind of thing that gets more and more frequent. Yep. Yeah. So let's hope that doesn't happen. Yes. And now on that happy note, <laughs> we can finish off. Okay. Well, in that case, um, I'm not
1: sure exactly what's happening next week, but in theory, we'll we'll have a future chat. Hopefully, we'll have some science and tech to talk about. It is not, uh, not an Apple related so that you can
0: be a proper foil. Yes. <laughs> yes. We'll talk about all the science. Yes. Absolutely.
1: And, uh, so yeah, head to unwindmedia.com slash EMW for, for more episodes of this show and, and information about how to subscribe. If you're not subscribed, if, uh, if you enjoy the show, let us know on Twitter. That's, uh, at underscore emwfm. and, uh, Nick, I'll talk to you next week. We'll talk to you then, Rob.